Good morning. So we are continuing our series, Life on the 110, which is basically, it's, it's kind of asking the question, uh, what are you going to do with the 110 waking hours that you have for the rest of your week outside of, outside of the church walls? What are you going to do with your faith out there at work, at school, everywhere else? What are you going to do with that? And so I was asked what the sermon title, what my sermon title is going to be. I'm not very good at titling my, my sermons. I usually need help with that. And so I said, I first look at this and I'm like, called and called out. So just, um, just to make sure we're all on the same page, I want to ask, does everybody know what being called out means? Who does not know what being called out means? All right. Raise your hand if you don't want to raise your hand to know what you're talking about. <laughs> so being, being called out is something that happens to me all the time. It, it can happen in silly ways. It can happen in more serious ways like this one here. But I, I get called out at home. I got my two boys and, and my wife, Gigi. So not long ago, within the last two weeks, you know, Gabriel jumps into our bed very early in the morning, sometimes a little too early, and he just wants to start talking and, and, and yapping away. For his sake, I don't respond early in the morning, right? But this one morning, he's just like right on top of me. He's asking me questions. And so I respond. And so don't, don't, you know, don't be upset with me, but I'm just reporting the facts. Yeah, I'm just telling you what, what my son said to me. That's just, I'm just reporting. So if you have an issue with what I say, it's, it's him. He said it. <laughs> he said it. So I respond to him, and he goes, oh, dad, dada. Your breath smells like dinosaur poop. That's exactly, exactly what he said. I'm just here to report the news. And so, he's, so I say, what do, you, what do you know about, like dinosaurs don't even exist, first of all. Right? I gave it, I snapped back. He's calling me out. And I snapped right back. You don't, dinosaurs don't exist. How would you even know? All you know about dinosaurs is what you see on TV. <laughs> Isaiah, last Saturday, not yesterday, last Saturday, I, I was uh, heading out and I said, Hey, Isaiah, how do I look? And he says this, kid you not. He says, Dada, you look hilarious. <laughs> and I said, what do you know about that word? You just probably learned that word. You don't even know what it means. And he goes, it means very funny. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Why don't you go brush your teeth because it smells like dinosaur poop, okay? <laughs> go over there. So like, I give it right back to them, right? I don't like it. I don't like being called out. Gigi, my wife called me out, same day. She's like, honey, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. You, your wardrobe. You know, I understand geniuses, they wear the same clothes all the time. <laughs> That's not the case here. And I'm like, where are you going with this? And she's like, you gotta step up your game. Exactly what she said, you gotta step up your game. So guys, when they say that, it's like, oh, it's on now, right? And so I gave it back to Isaiah. I gave it back to Gabriel. And I looked at her and I said, all right, I'm going to go to Target then. I'll be back. I'm going to go shopping. Thanks, honey. Thanks for calling me out. So that's just a freebie for the husbands here. If your wife calls you out, just, just go with it. So David here is being called out. He's being called out on a sin that he committed, right? Now, this is kind of like when I first read this, I'm like, this is awkward. If I was there in the room... This is super awkward. I would not want to be there. 
Some people would be like, oh, I would love to be there, right? I would love to see the reaction. I'm just, I'm like, whoa, this is really heavy. So what is going on here? So we're talking about David. This David is, at the time, the current king of Israel. He's a king of Israel, called by God, anointed by God to be that, that, that king. This is the same David called by God to go and defeat that giant Goliath from that well-known story in the Bible. In the previous chapter, so uh, uh, Roselle re read from chapter 12, chapter 11, the, very, the, the chapter right before this is kind of what this is in response to. This is the story of David and Bathsheba. I'm not going to go into details. You're welcome, parents, right? But long story short, David, at the time having multiple wives of his own, really likes a married woman named Bathsheba. He commits a sinful act. He then, in order to cover his sin, he sends her husband to the front lines of battle so that he can be killed. When her husband dies, David takes Bathsheba to be his wife. The chapter ends this way, very last verse of chapter 11. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Period. Cliffhanger. So I want to pause there to, to make note of something that's really interesting in that same chapter, chapter 11. And it points to, to kind of a, uh, to a flaw in David's kingship. It's a flaw in how David was living out his calling. Remember, he was called and anointed by God. A flaw there. And, and before he even committed the sinful act. David began to act like a typical king in those days. Now, the king before him was King Saul. And King Saul... King Saul didn't rule the way, the way he should have. Let's just put it that way. So David was, be, was acting like a typical king. Tons of power, using people as a means to an end. Typical king. How, so how so? How did he use people? There is this very interesting, in chapter 11 still, right? Very interesting sending theme. Theme of sending. Okay? David sent the captain of his army to battle. Now, and in these days, this was unorthodox. Kings would go to battle as well, kind of like the way you see in the movies. Sometimes they're in the back and barking orders or just watching, making sure that, that the other tribe or the other country or whatever is defeated, and, right? But they would go into battle. So, but David stays home. So he sends the captain of his army to battle. He sent someone to find out about Bathsheba. Hey, I really like that girl. Hey, can you go find out about her? Like, you know, kind of like a middle schooler would, right? David sent messengers to go get her. David sent word to his captain to send him Bathsheba's hus husband to have a conversation with him. David sent a note to Bathsheba's husband, and then David had Bathsheba sent to him. So how is this a problem? Remember that little shepherd boy, David, right? If you know the story of David and Goliath, David was a, a, a shepherd boy tending sheep. Um, he came from such humble beginnings. He was brave and he was tactical in battle. And suddenly, now that he's king, David is acting like King Saul before him. As people were praising David and saying, David, you are amazing. You're the man. 
as David was, was called by God himself, David is starting to get a little arrogant. He's starting to get a little comfortable in his role. He's starting to believe those newspaper clippings. He, he, he does things before chapter 11 that only serve. He does a lot of things, not everything. He does some things that only serve to kind of puff himself up. He's got God complex. That is an unshakable belief in your own ability, in your own uh, privilege, in your own infallibility. It's God complex. He's placing himself above his own people. And so he sits back. He sends, sends, sends. Go fight. Go find out about that woman for me. Go get her. Go, go, go. Typical king-like behavior of, at, at this time. But David was not called to be a typical king. David was called, he was sent by God to serve, not just to be served. He was important to the faith formation of his people in that time. Yet David was sitting back on his throne, sending people away to do things that either padded his legacy or covered up his sin. And this is where we pick up the story this morning. The very first verse, if, if you can, if you can put the very first verse up there, if not, it's fine as well. But the very first verse that, that Roselle read this morning says, the Lord sent Nathan to David. I love this. I love the Bible. Mr. King David seemed to, to forget that there is a king of kings above him, above all other kings, who was watching this whole, the whole time. A God that was displeased, was not happy with, with David's atrocious act. God himself was displeased. So God sends Nathan to David. See, now this sentence takes on a whole other meaning, right? After all this sending, sending, sending. I pray that we never get so comfortable in our positions, in our titles as CEOs, CFOs, entrepreneurs, managers, assistant managers, business owners, that we don't get so comfortable to the point that we see people as a means to an end, as dis dispensable or disposable. I pray that our lives on the 110 are lived out as reflectors of God's light, as people that are sent by God to serve, not just to be served, I pray that we remember that we are sent. We are sent. And that we are led by the ultimate example in Jesus Christ himself. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That's Philippians 2.6. David, you are called. And this isn't just about David acting badly or, or doing something very wrong. It's not just about that. It's about David throwing away everything that God wanted to do in and through him. Believer, Christian, you are called. Never forget your calling. Never forget the one who called you. May we always live lives as people that are sent by God, called by God. To shine his light, not our light, in this world. So in comes Nathan, a prophet of God, 
who had another encounter with David before. So Nathan comes in and he shares this story that Rosal just read this morning. And it's basically about a greedy rich man taking from a poor man to feed someone else. In other words, he's taking advantage of the poor man. He's abusing his power or his privilege at that time. So after hearing the story, King David says, the uh, Bible says, burned with anger against the man. And he tells Nathan, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. And then Nathan said to David, and this is my favorite line, you are the man. Now it's not, you're the man, right? <laughs> don't, get it, don't get it confused with what everybody was telling David at the time, like you are the man, you're... You're amazing. You're way better than the previous king. Look what you did with Goliath. You are awesome. Nathan is using the same term, but same words in a different way. You are the man, or you are that man. Nathan is calling out the king of Israel himself on his sin. He reminds David of who called him and how David did such a thing by taking a married woman for himself and then sending her husband to his death, covering his own sin, making things worse. After Nathan's words that, that, that pierced through David's heart and basically held up a mirror to David's face and, and showing him, exposing his sin, the very last verse, verse 13 says, Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. What is David doing here? He recognized his sin. Now, if you can, in your own time, right, please check out Psalm 51. Some of you have read it plenty of times before. That psalm, written by David himself, is in direct response to these events. Direct response. It's a, it's a, it's a prayer or a song or a psalm directly related to these events. And it's amazing. In that psalm, David was truly in not just... Um, Sorry for what he did, but in full repentance, turning away from his sin. Not just feeling sorry and asking for forgiveness, but also repenting from his sin. He writes things like, have mercy on me, O God. He says, wash away all my, my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. He says, I know my transgression. He's owning it. He's not denying it. And he says, create in me a pure heart, or O God. He's turning away from it. I don't want to continue to be that man but I need your help. You created me a pure heart, oh God. Folks, I need this example in my life. So I, I say that when I, when I preach I, I, these messages, I preach these messages to myself. And then, you know, you can listen if, if you want, but th these messages are, are for me because I need this example. I need to be called out on my sins, on my transgressions, on my offenses. I need to be more humble when someone is being like a Nathan to me. But I can, I can be defensive and I can get offended sometimes. Who are you to call me out like that? Who are you to call me out on my wrongdoings, on my errors, on my flaws, on my sin? Who are you? And then I'll, I'll use scripture to make myself feel better, right? Let he who is free of sin cast the first stone. That's scripture for you right there, right? <laughs> I, and I know what you did. I know your sins. Oh, yeah. So try again, buddy. 
Or I don't like, I don't like your tone. I don't like the way that you just, you just came up to me and called me out on my sins, on my transgression, my wrongdoings. I don't like that. Do you know who you're speaking to? David didn't do this. The king of Israel himself didn't say, what do you mean, I am that man? What do you mean? Nathan, do you know who you're speaking to? Do you know who you're talking to right now? No, David owned his wrongdoing. He owned his sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Now, we know that Jesus paid that price on the cross. We know that. And so for somebody to come and remind me of that and just, hey, I'll take the attitude, I'll take the sass from somebody calling me out when I'm wrong, when I'm uh, uh, sinning or headed in that direction. I'll take it because I know that the wages of sin is death and I truly appreciate that. May we be humble enough to accept the rebuke, to receive words that may come across as like tough love at times. If you're being called out, it's probably a good thing. That person probably loves you and cares for you. So how do you respond? You receive, you repent, and then you be renewed. Tweet that, guys. <laughs> Finally, I want us to take a look at this story from Nathan's perspective. Because the sermon is, this, this, these verses are usually preaching. It's like, you know, how, how, how did you act like David here, you know? And if you try to get someone killed, I, you know, we have prayer partners out there. <laughs> Um, but how, how did you try to cover up your sin? How did you, right? How did you, how would you respond? But I want to take a look at it from Nathan's perspective. How does Nathan's role help us in our 110? Well, this one's pretty straightforward. Speak out. Speak up. Don't be afraid to call someone out in love about their sin, about their wrongdoing, your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Now, it's not, it's not, from a position of I'm better than you or this is you, you are and pointing fingers. But if you have that relationship with someone, call them out in love and say, hey, I'm concerned for you. You're heading in this direction. And I love you too much to see that continue. There was this quote that um, when I was in college, these, a bunch of students were putting it up on their profiles on MySpace. If you don't know what MySpace is, ask your parents. Right? <laughs> don't ask your grandparents. They're on Facebook. <laughs> right? Right? So, so they put this quote and said, it says, a good friend will come and bail you out of jail. Dot, dot, dot. But a true... I realize I don't have to say that, right? But a true friend... A true friend will be sitting next to you in jail saying, man, that was fun. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. <laughs> because I can't tell you how much I hated this quote. And I would challenge the person. I'd be like, what do you mean? Like a, a good friend would bail you up, but a true friend would be there having done the, the thing to get you in jail. Well, you don't understand, this is about a friend that is with you no matter what. A friend that will stick through you through, through thick and then a friend that will take a bullet from me. I'm like, what are you talking about? You've never even been shot. <laughs> like, you don't know about all that. 
I say, no, the truest friend will tell the other person, hey, look, you're standing way too close to the ledge. I'm afraid you're going to fall to your own death. Step away, right? You need to step away. But sometimes we are afraid of stepping out of line or crossing the line and, and losing our friendship. Well, I don't know how he's going to take it. I don't know how she's going to take it. And I don't want to lose the friendship. I really love this person. I've said this lots of times before, and take it for what it's worth, but I've always been okay with losing friendships. I'm okay with it. And I have lost friendships. I've called people out in love because I love them too much to just be a, a bystander and let them continue to make decisions that will take them, uh, uh, that may ruin their lives. Because I always say, I love the friend more than I love the friendship. Okay? I love the person. I love you more than, than the friendship. This benefit that I get from hanging out, from laughing, from having a good time. If I say something to you and you take offense to it, but it's going to help you in the long run, it's going to keep you from, from making a decision that you're going to regret for the rest of your life, then I'm okay with that. I'm okay because I love you more than I love the friendship. We need more relationships like this. So, folks, please call me out if I'm out of line. Please snap me out of it if you see me doing something inappropriate. Please be my true friend. I've been messaged on Facebook on two occasions, uh, not long ago. One time I accidentally shared an inappropriate post. That share button is way too close to where my thumb is. With, you know, it's so. And that person called me out, sent me a private message, and I was like, whoa, delete. And another time I liked a blog post that at first glance seemed to have suggestive material. It didn't, right? It didn't. And so I truly, it's the same person, I truly appreciate this person for having my best interest in mind and not being afraid to kind of nudge me. First time he said, hey, Javi, how you doing? It's also, did you, did you mean to share that? What you just shared? Did you mean to? Hey, Javi, the second time. Hey, I, I noticed that you, that you liked something that came up and is that, what, what is that article about? Like, did you mean to, to like that? Both times, I appreciated that person, messaged them back and said, wow, I really appreciate your concern for my life, for, for the decision that I may make, and for the stuff that I post out there as well that, I was going to say students, but grandparents and parents who see on Facebook, right? And that person is the prophet Nathan. Nathan, come on out. No, he's shy right now. I'm just kidding, but that person knows exactly who he is, and I truly value friendships like that. I truly appreciate that. So seek out relationships, friendships like that. And let's remember that in our lives on the 110, we are called, sent by God to shine his light, not ours, not puff ourselves up, that we can be called out, and that's okay, and that we should be willing to call out our brothers and sisters in Christ. All for the glory of his name. We sang that song, Mighty to Save, and I love the, I think it's the bridge. Shine your light and let the whole world see. For the glory of the risen 
king. May we, may we live our lives that way, shining our lights for the risen king. God bless you.